Monday. How we looking? Bill Michaels show on our Monday on the air. Got a big, clear picture of the NFL this weekend, didn't we? Didn't we? Oh, boy. Uh, tell me this. Uh, do you suddenly believe in Mr. Irrelevant? Holy mackerel. He's not irrelevant anymore, is he? Brock Purdy. Holy moly. What a game they had yesterday. The San Francisco 49ers absolutely destroyed, destroyed Tom Brady and company last night. Destroyed them. Wasn't even a game, 35-7. to And just when you thought, you know, they're over the top to Mike Evans and Tom Brady's all fired up, ah, holding, holding on the big offensive tackle. And that gets called back. They ended up punting. They went from a touchdown to second and 18, punted the ball away. That was pretty much, that was it. <laughs> it was just, it was done after that. Purdy yesterday, wow. What a day. What a day. Tom Brady, uh, 34 of 55 and a couple of picks. And he did have the one touchdown late, but a couple of picks. Brock Purdy only needed to throw the ball 21 times, but he was accurate. 16 of 21, a couple of touchdowns, quarterback rating of 132. And had the large, uh, the long touchdown pass to McCaffrey, who got the catch and run. But they destroyed a slow, aging, worn out Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Man, they beat the hell out of them. Uh, you got a game coming up tonight. The Patriots trying to hang tough and trying to remain in the wild card hunt over in the AFC. That's coming up later on this evening with the Cardinals out in Arizona. But uh, the weekend itself, I just enjoyed watching football yesterday. Ben, your Eagles exposed the New York Giants. I mean, beat the hell out of them yesterday. Jalen Hurts was everything. He was damn near perfect yesterday, but everything. This Eagles team is for real, man. How good do you feel about your Eagles now? Oh, terrific. I mean, they played a perfect game. They avoided that trap that you always see when you go up to that crap stadium in New York. As you right. described, the Chicago Stadium, that's what I do for that one. So yeah. I, I, I don't know how you couldn't feel amazing. And then the Cowboys yeah, you know look what? like crap, too. So You're right. MetLife, when they built that thing, that was also one of the newer, kind of new retrofit type of stadiums. And uh, there's not a lot of flair to that. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a great stadium. Uh, and it's almost, in comparison to some of the newer stadiums, it's almost outdated already. But they did hold a Super Bowl there, and it was a Super Bowl in which uh, Seattle destroyed the Denver Broncos and, and Peyton Manning. But uh, they built it, they used the public funds to get it, and then they gave them a Super Bowl, and something of which I hope never happens again. Although the week of the Super Bowl leading up to it was okay. Um, New York, uh, the weather wasn't terrible. You know, we were able to walk around Times Square and enjoy ourselves a little bit, but they don't want us there as far as the international media for Super Bowl. They don't want them. Because they have the Westminster Dog Show and all that kind of stuff that happens. And they use Madison Square Gardens for a lot of that stuff instead of using it for the NFL and the convention center. And they, so they ended up putting us in the Sheridan Hotel Ballroom, which is maybe a quarter, not even a quarter of the size of what you're normally accustomed to. Squeezed us all in there and basically didn't want the NFL there. I mean, New Yorkers just didn't want us around. You know, we said, hey, we're here coming to the Super Bowl. Eh. We could do without that. I mean, you got a lot of that when we were there. So, but but the day of, remember, it was nice. It was warm, and the next day they got dumped on. I mean, just dumped on. They I, they got like twelve inches, thirteen inches of snow the next day. Like a snowstorm came in, locked everything down, 
And uh, the NFL just averted disaster by one day, and people couldn't get out. It was a mess. So, and, But the stadium itself, yeah, it's a, it's a dump. It's a dump, no doubt about it. So uh, I agree with you, but uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles are for real. And I think this is a better team than some of the Donovan McNabb-led, McNabb-led teams, me personally. I mean, go back way. They had some really strong defenses in a day and some really good offensive players and such. But I think this, with the dynamic of Jalen Hurts and Sanders, Sanders ran like just wild yesterday. Had the 40-yard gallop into the end zone. He had a couple of touchdowns on the day. What, close to 150 yards, I think. But the fact that they can throw it to seven, eight, nine receivers – they can run the ball. Hertz runs the ball for what I think it was seventy-five plus yards, seventy-seven yards yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Big day yesterday for him. They ran the ball for two hundred and fifty plus yards at the end of that game. It was amazing. And the Giants, they're exactly who we thought they were. Daniel Jones is not great. Tyrod Taylor, eh, you know, five of five, just not not much there, and uh, they're going down slowly. Once everybody figured out, oh, by the way, Saquon Barkley, once you start to really guard him and you really start to, uh, to to just concentrate on the run, yeah, they don't have much after that. There's not much there. Speaking of not much there, how about them Cowboys? That team's going down in the postseason. Here's the question. Do they go down in the postseason and lose because of, you know, inexplicable stupidity on the uh, on the coaching staff? Or do they lose because Dak Prescott just is not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback? That's the question. I don't think Dak Prescott is, I said it before, I'll say it again, he's not that good. He's just not that good. He makes some really stupid plays. And then he'll bring you back. He brought him back in the most crucial of times. So you give him credit for that. But, you know, that 11-play, 98-yard drive to take him down the field, when Zeke Elliott plunged in from, uh, what was it, a couple of yards out? It was a 98-yard drive. It was a solid drive. And you give Dak Prescott credit for turning it around, but he will be the Achilles heel of this team. I, and and it's, it's not coaching. It's not all the penalties. It's not, not all the undisciplined throws. It's, it's just Dak Prescott makes bad reads. And inexplicably, he is, uh, he is Graham Mertz. That's that's what he is. He's gonna he's gonna maybe even a better version of Graham Mertz, but he's a Graham Mertz. He's gonna just make some throws that you go, what the hell was that? And that's what he does. Ben, would you disagree with me? Not at all. Not at all. I I think it's interesting to see how ESPN handles this one. Whether their analytics say that the Cowboys are still a favorite to win it all. There's no way. Or frankly, how There's they no paint way. the heroics, right? Because we see great teams play close games and win close games against poor teams. And sometimes it's fun to say, oh, you know, they're not that good. It was close. In the Cowboys yeah. case, I feel like it's going to be fun to say, oh, look, Dak Prescott, all these heroics. They're really they're really that real. No, no, they're, they're, no. Yeah, today I actually, because I had to get up really early this morning, my car, I said the other day, my car was making like a grinding noise. So I had to take it out to uh, J&L Tire Service today, our guys out there in uh, Johnson Creek. And in driving out there, I'm listening this morning. I'm flipping around. I'm listening to a Good Morning Football, and I'm listening to both that and ESPN. I'm flipping back and forth during commercial breaks. And I was listening to Dan Orlovsky this morning uh, basically say, no, Dak is making some really bad reads. It's either he doesn't see it or he just he's going against kind of your internal rules of football. 
You know, when you've got uh, that particular coverage on the outside on a slant and you know not to throw it there and he does it anyway and it gets picked, you can't turn around and go, what the hell? Because it's just certain things you don't do. You don't have that ability to, to read out of it. And he, he, he was saying, and I love Dan, because Dan actually breaks the play down and say, as a quarterback, this is what you don't do. He doesn't have all the gifts, but he's got the mental attribute to be able to say, hey, here I can teach you the, games of, uh, the game of football. Um, but you're, you're listening over on Good Morning Football this morning, and they're breaking down Dak Prescott saying it, there's just times he makes inexplicably bad reads and throws. It just He'll have a great game, but for three or four throws, that will ultimately cost you the game or will turn the ball over. You know, in which immediately I bring up Graham Mertz, Jay Cutler in the NFL version, where they're just good quarterbacks. They just don't take you over the hump. And Dak Prescott looks to be that guy. He just does. There's no that what you saw yesterday was the tale of two teams, an Eagles team at at 11-1 going into the game, an Eagles team that said we are the best and we are going to put our stamp on this. Where you've got the Cowboys who should have blown out, I mean, beat in the hell out of a Texans team, beaten them to death, and instead they allow Amari Cooper over the top to to catch a touchdown pass, I, which I couldn't believe. And then he dances afterwards. I'm thinking. You're on a terrible team who's won one game all season long. Don't be dancing. Don't do that. But he did. He's probably feeling good. He's been emancipated from the Green Bay Packers and his ineptitude there. And he, at least he's trying to fool another fan base into thinking he's got something. But the Cowboys should have drilled them. I mean, just stuck it to them. And they didn't. They gave up 20 points in the first half of that game. They were trailing for the majority of that game. Just amazing. Most importantly, when you mention Eagles Giants, uh, the Eagles paid the Packers a favor. Mm, yes, that was the other aspect of this. Yes, you are correct. Playoff chances are up to like eleven so and a did half. The, so did the Carolina Panthers. Carolina beat Seattle. Seattle was also one of those teams vying for a wild card spot. Don't forget. So uh, you, you needed. We were rooting for the Lions to go down. That's a whole other story for another day or for another for another segment. But we were kind of rooting for the Lions to go down because the Lions have a tiebreaker against the Packers. But at least the Packers have something in their own pocket to say, hey, we still play them. We can gain back a little respectability and also give them a loss along the way. So you still have that. But the Lions, how about those Lions, man? Oof. Lions getting a win and making the Vikings look bad. You talk about quarterbacks that at times – just inexplicably throw bad passes and look bad. Kirk Cousins yesterday, a couple of touchdowns, didn't play a bad game. You know, he threw for 425 yards. But when you've got Dalvin Cook and you can't, 15 carries, 23 yards, one and a half yards a carry. That was it. The Where did, where did Detroit suddenly get a defense? Now, they didn't do much in the secondary. We all knew their secondary was bad. But... Where did they get a defense that up front they can start stifling the run? Jared Goff yesterday, three touchdown passes. Three. And I'll tell you what, Jamal Williams getting a lot of press. I mean, he didn't have a big day. Only ran for 2.3 yards per per attempt, but didn't have a big day. But he's I saw the pregame shows yesterday because of the dancing, which we all know he already did when before, you know, the Packers let him go. But a lot of the dancing. He was getting some he was getting some pub. They're liking it. They're seeing what um, you know much of the world is seeing on hard knocks. They've kind of become that little that little favorite. But uh, they 
They took it again, a team that scores on average 28, 30 points a game, and they did it again. That defense, uh, look, for all of you Vikings fans, enjoy it. Win the North. That At least that's the uh, preliminary Super Bowl for you because you're not winning a Super Bowl. And defense is awful. They just, they've got a tenacity to them, and when they get a stop, they're fired up, but they can't do it on a consistent basis. They just can't. So enjoy it, but you're not you're not winning a Super Bowl. Not going to happen. Uh, then we talked about it uh, going into the weekend uh, between Buffalo needing it, trying to get over the Bills because the Bills handed it to them the first time with that defensive front. Bills get a win yesterday at home, 20-12, to 12, and a little bit of the flow, snow and flurries and such. And then the first win ever in Joe Burrow's career over the Cleveland Browns, uh, 23-10, and it really wasn't even that close at Paul Brown Stadium yesterday. Cincinnati got a win. Then you got to the Steelers, and that was, boy, you talk about a close game and a hard-fought game. We really thought the Steelers might pull it off, but they didn't. They succumbed to the Ravens 16-14 yesterday. Uh, Kansas City had to hang on. I mean, you, you thought that way. That was a 27-14 game at half. 27-14. Then all of a sudden it was 34-14. And then here comes, and it's like their defense just let off the gas. And then here comes the Broncos to where they had to kind of hold on to the end. 34-28, they got a win. How about Tennessee getting beat? What what has happened to Tennessee? I thought Tennessee would be a lot stronger. And instead, the Jaguars got a couple of wins under their belt. Suddenly, the Jaguars are a five-win team. They're 5-8. 36-22, they knocked off the Titans. And then the one last night that we witnessed, uh, the Chargers 23-17. They beat the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are a team people are trying to figure out. Like, what the hell? So, good good day yesterday throughout the NFL. But uh, we, we've, we've got a real clear indicator now, I think, who the best teams truly are. I really believe that. And it, it we'll, we'll talk about that when we come back. Other than that, uh, is McCaffrey still yelling and acting like he's going to punch a ref and trying to flex up? What a, what a douche. Oh. What, what, a, what an idiot. I, it just it always kills me when when whether it's a player on the field or a coach and they run out and they're flexing up like I'm going to get to you if it wasn't for these eleven guys holding me back. Let him go. Let him, first of all, most of these officials could probably whoop his ass. But let him go. First of all, your 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 own players act like you. That's the reason you lose games. Because it, it's it's I, I go back to uh, remember the game the infamous Bartman game in Chicago where Bartman interfered and he went to catch the foul ball and everything, uh, uh, Lou goes nuts and he's screaming and yelling. I think it was a Lou. I, I could be wrong because uh, the name escapes me off the top of my head. But he's screaming out in the outfield, out in left field. Oh, my God, he's throwing a fit. And all of a sudden the wheels come off and the Cubs lose the game and the Cubs lose the series. And forever Bartman was just basically labeled as that guy, that guy that cost us. He didn't cost you anything. He got in the way of a foul ball. You go, okay, whatever. Kudos to the fan. He almost caught himself a foul ball in the postseason. If you don't act like an idiot and act like you threw, he just threw away the game, you refocus and move on. Instead, he got the entire crowd all pissed off. He got his teammates all pissed off. Everybody lost focus of the task at hand. And you go out and you lose the game, you lose a series. He didn't do anything the next day. He didn't do a damn thing to you the next day. All you needed to do was go out and win, and you couldn't do it. That's your fault. McCaffrey, same thing. He does this 
They start to win. They look tough. He has a meltdown. His kids start throwing their fits. They start. You could see it in their body language. As a leader and as a head coach, you're an absolute dumbass moron if you do that and you keep melting down. It's one thing if it's unbelievably egregious and it's out of character for you to do it to say, this is something I have to put on notice. But this guy, this, this clown does this often. How many times in the season, Ben, do you think we've seen this out of McCaffrey? Uh, at least once a week. He's just like this. And this is the reason. And you could see it. You could see it in his own players, their actions after the fact. Why would, As a leader, why would you not? Why would not somebody in that organization say, hey, you know what? Have you noticed your kids act like you? Your kids, they, they lose the focus of the game at hand and begin to more, be more worried about your actions and officiating and calls and, and, and cri- griping and moaning rather than actually playing the game and executing the X's and O's of basketball. Did you ever notice that? Somebody, you know, at some point when Brian Kelly early on in his tenure at Notre Dame was screaming and yelling and F-bombing and acting like a jerk, the priests, they got a hold of him. They called him behind closed doors, and they said, first of all, the language, knock it off. You look like a moron. Secondly, this whole thing about you screaming and yelling and red face and arguing about every damn thing, this ends. You're losing your focus. After that, he was a better coach. After that, he was a better coach because they kind of put him on lockdown. It was a Lou. Okay, thank you very much. I wasn't sure if it was or not. But they kind of put him on lockdown, and he was a better coach after that. Coaches that regularly lose their mind and they're more interested in screaming and yelling and arguing than anything, they, they, they just lose the focus of coaching. And McCaffrey did that to his own guys. And not that I'm, you know, not that I'm complaining about it, but he's just a moron. He's a moron. Oh, my goodness. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. If you want to do it, you can hit us up. Also over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. You can hit Ben Kenny up at Ben Z Kenny over on Twitter as well. Find us on the Facebook fan page. And, yes, many of you uh, kind of over the weekend, whether it was instant messages or some of the some of the emails and such, saying, hey, how the party go? You know, hey, any good pictures? I told you what I was wearing. I posted it. It's over on the Facebook fan page. Uh, and then I had to post the full length because not many people got the picture of the feet because the feet are kind of key to that thing. But uh, I had to tell you, I got to be honest with you, the bunny suit was great. It went over huge, but it was hot. Oh, my goodness. Uh, my party should have been sponsored by Gold Bond because, yeah, it was it was a swelterer there. So <laughs> so about uh, 10 o'clock, it was, uh, it, was, it was wardrobe change time. But it was a great time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Had a lot of good people here. And uh, Rick Pomeroy, man, I, I tell you what, he lit it up. Uh, great music as always. We had, a, we had a complete blast. And thanks to everybody that came and, you know, sponsors and friends and all that kind of stuff. Uh, as a matter of fact, our buddy Dwayne from Dwayne's Cover It All said uh, he and Amy were driving back yesterday listening to the Cowboys game. And the te- he was they were rooting for the Texans to beat, beat the Cowboys uh, yesterday, which I think a lot of people were just to see the Texans knock off. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, but uh, you know it was it was a lot of fun. So if you want to see some of the pictures from the party over the weekend, um, yes, go ahead and do it. And yes, we did have. I know Ebo alluded to it a little bit earlier today um, that uh, we had a, we had a couple people of of ilk uh, at the party. So it was it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. I always say you never know when you come to these things. You just never know who's on the invite list, and sometimes 
you're like, wait a minute. And then it was funny because because when Mike was there, uh, people were kind of looking, going, I, I know him. And then they go, nah, you know, he's wearing a, you know, cousin Eddie, you know, poopers full T-shirt. And uh, people are like, nah, that's not him. And then at the end of the night, they're like, was that him? Yeah, it was. Oh, my God. Type of thing. So anyway, uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. We got a lot more to get to. A lot more to get to uh, from the weekend. I'm excited. I'm, I'm re-energized. We got the, the bye week. Packers don't play on Sunday. Don't forget, a week from tonight will be the next Packers game. We're going to be in Green Bay. Uh, for the Green and Gold postgame show immediately following, but looking forward to it. So we're back to a regular normal Packers week once that thing gets underway. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. Um, hopefully you're enjoying your day. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. And uh, don't forget, coming up uh, coming up this week, we're going to be down at Stenny's. Second and National Walker's Point coming up this Wednesday night. Looking forward to it again, December 14th. Uh, two, na- two days from tonight, uh, we're going to be uh, at Stenny's. Second and National Walker's Point. Hanging out down there. Looking forward to it. Love that place. We were down there this past weekend, as a matter of fact. A couple of friends came to town, and that's where they always want to go. So we were down there hanging out. It's all brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. So the so we've got it coming up on uh, Wednesday for the huddle. So make sure you stop by and say hi. Um, let's see here. What else do we have? Uh, the, uh, we got this one from Jace, Jason who says, uh, we found out who the best teams in the AFC and the NFC are, the Bills and the Eagles, I think, hands down. Cincinnati could be problematic. I don't believe in Kansas City's defense, and I don't think anybody can touch the Eagles at this point. Can Brock Purdy actually get the 49ers deep into the postseason? That's the question. Um, you know what? Why not? We have not seen a flaw in his game, but as time goes on, as the season goes on, he will. there will be some tells, and defensive coordinators will start to figure it out. Now, whether or not they're able to figure it out by playoff time and such, we'll wait and see. But usually, new quarterbacks, nobody, nobody has seen them before, so they don't have a book on them for tells yet for little triggers that they can see, little tendencies. But eventually that'll happen. The biggest concern for San Francisco is not whether or not Brock Purdy can take you to the postseason, but how bad is the high ankle sprain for Debo Samuel? I mean, he went down and, first of all, that was ugly. They showed it in slow motion, and he's got his leg and knee bent behind him as a guy rolls up his back. And then what you don't see is the ankle underneath the defender. And that was what actually was the where the pain was coming from. And they did do the x-rays. The x-rays were negative, so there was no break, not a break, but a what they're calling a high ankle sprain. And uh, that looked, uh, that was ugly. That was, that was painfully ugly. And now you wait and see how long he's going to be down. 
So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We're going to talk with Matt Mitchell coming up here in about uh, 15, 20 minutes. Talk a little betting with him, but the, the lines are already coming out. Uh, the, uh, the, the Rams uh, are seven and a half point underdogs coming into Lambeau Field on a Sunday, or on Monday night, a week from tonight. Meanwhile, you've got uh, Washington, four and a half point favorite already. Washington over the Giants. And Cincinnati, a three and a half point favorite against Tampa Bay. I'm trying to look at some of the ones that might be a little, make you kind of scratch your head a little bit. Um, by the way, Minnesota is a four and a half or four point favorite over the Colts. Cleveland, two and a, Cleveland, two and a half point favorites over Baltimore. Again, you go back to, uh, you go back to, oh, I'm being told no Matt Mitchell today. So no good old boy Uncle Mitch. None today. But you go back to when we had said going into last Friday, you said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Detroit is is favored at home against Minnesota. Vegas knows something. And sure enough, they did. They did. After what we witnessed yesterday. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Uh, William, real quick, over on Twitter says, Detroit's not going to make the playoffs, but they could be trouble for teams that are trying to make the playoffs, which I would 100% agree with you. That's that's a pretty fiery team. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And uh, right now, if you're looking for the jingle to stay in your pocket, as many people are this time of year, but you still want something, and you want something for nothing. That's kind of what they have going on right now, something for nothing. So you don't have to pay for a year. Go through 2023, you f- will say free. But once you get to 2024, you got to start paying. However, no money down, no payments, no interest until 2024. Go all the way through a year, a year right now. You don't have to worry about it. Get new windows, get new doors, get your house more economical, more beautiful, and, and get what you want on the inside, on the outside, whether it's the trim, hardware, roll screens, uh, slider windows as opposed to the crank windows, whatever it is your heart desires, it'll, plus they're going to be safe. That's the best part about it. Plus they're going to be safe. You lock those things up at night. Ain't nobody getting in without driving a truck through your house. Ain't happening. They're just really, really good windows and doors. And I've been talking about them for a long time. And uh, my great room downstairs, people came in la- uh, over the weekend, like, hey, we talk about it all the time. Where are they? And I started showing them, like, okay, now you get it. And everything is is nice. It's comfortable. It stays the same temperature. Whatever you set it at, that's what it is. You don't waste heat. You don't waste energy. It's great stuff from our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Don't forget about our friends in Wisconsin, Harley Davidson, and Go to WishHD.com. you got a Harley lover on your uh, Christmas list. 
Yeah, boy. That's the place to go. Wisconsin, Harley-Davidson, and Oconomowoc, they have a lot of different weekends coming up, too. Shopping weekends, special events, all the way leading up to and through Christmas. So if you are looking for a great place to go with everything from the motor clothes department, leathers, shoes, parts, accessories, bikes on the floor, plus local vendors, local knick-knack and craft stuff, They've got it. Go to WISHD.com. That's WISHD.com. Or better yet, Highway 67 in Oconomowoc, just south of 94, right behind the Dockhounds new stadium, right there next to the highway. You can't miss it. Go to Wisconsin, Harley-Davidson. That's WISHD.com. That's WISHD.com. Um, 877-867-1670. Oh, the, real quick, because uh, I had a couple of people that said, what do the uh, playoffs look like now that the Packers didn't play and some teams lost? The Packers are, what would it be, ninth, 10th right now in the NFC. Uh, the way this kind of plays out is you've got Philadelphia's now clinched. Minnesota's going to win the North. San Francisco most likely um, will win uh, the West. And then you got Tampa Bay currently leading the South, but that could change. God knows, because they're only a game better than at uh, Atlanta. Carolina's right there. Um, New Orleans is a couple of games back, but Tampa's not playing very well. They're going to get into the postseason almost by default. Uh, Dallas would be the number one wild card at this point, followed by Washington at 7-5-1, and, and New York, the Giants now at 7-5-1. and one. Seattle, I told you that uh, that that tie, that tie is uh, a killer because that puts Seattle on the outside looking in. If the Giants would have lost that game against the Commanders and or vice versa, then you would have had Seattle with a tie and be in. So that it, it goes, while it's not a win, it's also not a loss. So with a 7-6 and six record versus a 7-5-1 and one record, the Giants are in and the Seattle Seahawks are on the outside looking in right now. Then you have Detroit. Detroit, who is winning, playing winning football, followed by the Packers. Detroit at 6-7, and seven, Packers at 5-8. and eight. Packers, don't forget, there are a couple of games plus behind both Washington and New York. So not only, they're really three games back. Because if they tie with either of those teams, then those teams both would win via head-to-head and the, the, the tie. So the Packers are on the outside. Really, it's a, it's a mountainous road to climb. Even though the, in the standings, there are only a few teams back, it's a mountainous road to climb. But as we sit here today, they're still somewhat alive. And you got to look at it this way. Next week, the Giants are back at it, and they're playing Washington. So these two teams tied just a couple of weeks ago. One of these two teams you you would assume is going to win, and thus that team that falters then becomes a step closer to the Green Bay Packers if indeed the Packers get the win on Monday night. So that's the way that kind of shapes up. Uh, in the meantime, Seattle, who is a team that's above the Packers, they play the 49ers. They play them in Seattle. 49ers playing really good football. And Geno Smith looks as if, Ben, you and I both had him tagged as the comeback player of the year. And he most likely will still get it. But he is starting to come back down to earth. Was a couple couple of errant passes over the weekend. And they lose to Carolina. And usually teams that go far east coast to upper west coast don't win. And Carolina won. 
uh, didn't bode well for, for Geno Smith and company. So now they've got to come back and beat the 49ers. Then they gonna go on the road and beat the Chiefs. Then they've got the Jets. And finally they end their season with kind of is what is being considered a layup, even though the Rams did play better uh, against the Rams. And that's at home on uh, January 8th. So they have a tough schedule. Out of all these teams that are trying to get themselves into the postseason, uh, the Giants have a tough schedule. Washington has a tough schedule. Seattle does. And then the team that's directly above the Packers, that's the Lions. They've got to play the Jets then they uh, on the road. Then they've got the Panthers and the Bears in back-to-back week and then the Packers. It's most likely if there's a team that, it, you know, if it comes down to the Packers and the Lions and such and tiebreakers, that game at the end of the year in Green Bay might actually matter. I don't think it will, but it might. So there's just, there's a there's a modicum, little inch of hope right there, inch of hope. You also look at those teams, and yeah, some of their records are pretty good. But this weekend, you could talk about the top of the league and teams separating mm-hmm. themselves there. You could yep. also talk about all the teams in contention for the six and seven spot in the NFC. Like mm-hmm. the Packers aren't very good. Those teams also kind of stink overall. They stink, right? Yeah. Like you're not yep. going up against a great team for that spot. Right. Well, the Giants, don't forget the Commanders play the Giants this weekend. Commanders coming off the bye. Commanders are sitting 7-5 and 1. The Giants just got shellacked by the Eagles. So, those two teams are going to face off against one another. The Lions obviously coming off of a tough game against uh the Minnesota Vikings in which they got the win and they're starting to roll. They're feeling it. They're now getting features and such on Fox and pregame and stuff. So they're starting to feel it. You got a San Francisco team that's starting to feel it against a Buccaneers team that just looks awful. Kansas City, like I said, it just looked like their defense took their foot off the gas. Seattle, Geno Smith just didn't look good. You know, for everything he's done, didn't look great. And that defense, I still can't believe that defense gave up 30 points to the Panthers. Holy mackerel. You know? And then don't forget the Rams on Thursday night had that miraculous come from behind. Like, the Raiders just thought, it's in the bag. And with 16 with sixteen points on the board and that was it, they kind of gave up, giving up a couple of touchdowns to the Rams in the fourth quarter of that contest. So, you know, the, the, the Rams maybe could be pesky. I don't think so, but maybe they could be. What was probably the two most impressive wins to me this weekend were the Bills at home just putting away the Jets. And that really good defensive front and the fact that the Jets were just kind of feeling it. They, Although I will say this, the Jets, as of late, when you talk about uh, the, the New York Jets and what they've been doing, uh, they've they've lost three out of their last four. You know, they're starting to falter a little bit. And really, they've they've won only two of their last uh, – they've lost three oh, – excuse me. They're, they've lost uh, three of their last four and – They've lost four of their last six. They lost to the Patriots uh, twice. They lost to uh, the Vikings, and now they lost to the Bills. The only teams they've beaten were Buffalo, which was a, a an unbelievable win, even though Buffalo just extracted a little revenge. They beat Buffalo a few weeks back, and then they beat the Bears. They beat, I mean, they beat the hell out of the Bears. But they've lost, uh, you know, four of their last six games after getting off to that really fast start and winning four straight. So uh, they they've starting they're starting to fall back down to earth, but uh, but I think the two teams with the most dominant wins, the Bills putting away and avenging a loss earlier this season to the Jets, 
and the Eagles just kicking the crap out of New York. Those were probably two of the most. Well, then again, you can also talk about the 49ers and their impressive win over the Buccaneers. But I don't know if anybody really thought the Buccaneers were that good to begin with. If I had to put the Buccaneers in the hierarchy of the top five, they're not close. They're just not close. 877-867-1670. We'll get to the phone calls when we come back. Stick around. We've got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends over there at Quick Trip. Quick Trip. They have the, uh, quick, uh, the quick mistakes. They're giving away 25 prizes, 25 days. They're continuing to count down the holidays, and they want you to be a, a prize winner. Stop in a quick trip. Use your quick rewards card. You're good to go. Don't forget, keep, uh, keep when you fill up with gas, use the quick rewards number, and you could be also the, uh, the winner of the opening drive contest for the Green Bay Packers. So a lot of good stuff going on a quick trip. And if you're going to go anywhere, there's no reason to go anywhere else. But Quick Trip, stop in a Quick Trip. They are a staple of Wisconsin, and they are one of the best, if not the best, in the country. You don't realize how good Quick Trip is until you're not in the state of Wisconsin or beyond those borders. Because like, even a buddy of mine came uh, came into town on Thursday, and he said, "You know, we, you know, there's certain certain ones that try. They try to be Quick Trip, but they're not." He said, "Man, every time we come here, first thing they do is when they come up through Illinois, they get across the border, they get into Kenosha, and boom." They stop off. They save themselves for a quick trip. Burgers. And he went there for lunch. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go get some lunch. I'm like, where are you going? I was thinking fast food store. He's like, no, I'm going to quick trip. I'm going to get some burgers. Okay. Loves the burgers from quick trip. Stop in. Tell him we said hi. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are depending more each week on Rudy Ford, who stepped in at safety earlier this season when Adrian Amos suffered a concussion. Against the Cowboys, Ford had two interceptions in the first half. Last week in Chicago, he recovered a fumble by Bears receiver Chase Claypool. Ford on what it'll take the Packers to win out the final four games of the season. Um, it takes all of us to win a football game, and, uh, you know, everybody contributes. Uh, offense, defense, special teams. You know, we have plays all over the field. So it was very good to see, uh, you know, different guys in different spots able to make plays. You know, man, my mindset is just to, uh, you know, go out, put a lot of my coaches, my teammates, just begin to trust. The Packers' next opponent, the Los Angeles Rams, will likely have a new starting quarterback, Baker Mayfield, after his 17-16 win over the Raiders last Thursday night. Rams head coach Sean McVay had a chance to talk football with Mayfield back in 2018 during a three-hour flight from L.A. to Indianapolis on the way to the NFL Combine. He was training out here, Southwest flight. We got the early boarding. We sat right next to each other. It was the only direct flight from LAX to Indy. And, you know, you could just see he's a guy. He's a man's man. He loves football. He's a great competitor and you know what i think i ended up uh, seeing him right there and i said i'm gonna prevent you from having to talk somebody it was probably uh, i i ended up sitting next to him he was probably rolling his eyes i, I had about 30 minutes where i kind of let him have his quiet time they said all right let's talk some ball man so it was fun that's rams head coach sean mcveigh in green bay i'm mike clemens on the bill michaels show And thanks to our friends over there at the Milwaukee Admirals who continue to get wins. Love them. Good hockey action. As a matter of fact, I think uh, I think it's next week. Is it next week or the week after? I think I'm going to be doing some uh, doing some hockey stuff. Going to go see the uh, going to go see the Admirals play. 
But looking forward to it. Uh, if you're looking for single game tickets, if you're looking for, say, uh, a concert after a game, they've got some of those coming up. And if maybe you want to take a group, whatever it happens to be, they've got something for everybody. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Again, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com and uh, check out all the good hockey action. Again, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Good friends over there. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, give us a shout. We would love to hear from you. Again, 877-867-1670. Uh, this one's from Mark, who said, uh, the teams that I like the most right now, the Bills, the, the Eagles, I hate to say it, but I do like the Cowboys. I still think they can win because they have a run game. He said, but your Bengals are coming on. Well, they're not really my Bengals. I haven't lived in Cincinnati since 98, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, I do, I mean, I do just like them in general. Uh, there's a couple other teams, I think, too, that still have that capability. As long as you have Patrick Mahomes under center, I still think, the Kansas City Chiefs have a legitimate shot. The problem with the Chiefs are their defense. It's not their offense. Patrick Mahomes can get it done, but their defense, I just, I don't, I don't trust. Uh, and I don't know what to make yet of the 49ers. I just don't. Um, I, I, again, you know, you got to get a book on Brock Purdy. As soon as you do and you can figure out a few tells, suddenly it becomes a little more confusing for the cat. And maybe teams start to tee off on them. But right now, you talk about moxie, you talk about energy, you talk about just energizing a team. Uh, and that touching, I mean, that moment when he, he threw the touchdown pass and his dad, you know, is in the stands. They go to his dad and his mom. His mom's high-fiving the guy next to the dad, and which I would assume maybe his brother or something. And they're hugging, and the dad's kind of wiping away the tears. He's like, just proud of my boy. It was just just a good moment, man, just a good moment. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Top of the hour coming up. Let's get to the phone calls. Talk to our buddy Mike down in Whitewater. Michael, how you doing, pal? Mike. Nope, Mike's gone. Lost Mike. Lost Mike. Lost Mike. The Purdy thing is interesting to me, Bill, because you know I'm college football focused, and. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he won a lot of games at Iowa State, but there was he had more head-scratching plays than any college football player I remember. Like backwards interceptions yeah. and just weird, right. weird turnovers. Right. So yeah, I can't buy was, in yet. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I mean, I think the story is great. I really do. I think the story is just awesome. I just, as far as buying in, going, hey, he can take you to a Super Bowl. Right now, yeah, he, he looks like that. I, I don't mind that at all. I think, though, that um, I think that, like I said, once teams start looking at him going, okay, we can prepare for this, we can do this, then you wait and see. You know, you, once they start to throw different things at him, how quickly or capable is he of reading defenses and then being able to, to overcome that? But there's no doubt right now about what he's brought. There's there's no doubt about what he's brought to the table when it comes to uh, when when it comes to uh, the energy that he's brought to the San Francisco 49ers and their fan base. I mean, you could hear him yesterday. It was, I, it was funny because I think it was Greg Olson was doing the game, and it's almost like watching Rudy instead. They're yelling Purdy, Purdy, Purdy. I mean, the whole the whole place was chanting it yesterday. So there's no doubt he's become somewhat of a fan favorite. Everybody loves an underdog story. And to be named, nicknamed Mr. Irrelevant and now be relevant 
it's like one of the the best you know Americanized success stories we we love to glom onto. So of course we're going to love this guy. Now you just wait and see if he got he has sustainability sustainability. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. One down, three to go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 